Welcome to our podcast. I'm David Kramer, coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. And today we're going to talk about electric cars. Now, I fancied myself a car guy for a long time. Um, I read car magazines, or at least I did when magazines were a thing. I've drawn some, driven some really cool cars and owned some cars I really liked. But Dave Blasco is an actual car guy. He has a mechanical engineering degree, and uh, right out of school, he went to work for Honda, which by many measures is the best car company in the world. And I certainly enjoyed working for him, and it was a great experience when I was a little kid. I always was fascinated by cars and wanted to work in the, in the car industry. And both of us uh, recently have um, either purchased an electric car or leased an electric car, and, and you still have one that your wife drives. So I thought that today we could kind of talk about what it's like to have an electric car and give some advice to folks who are thinking about it. Dave, you were the first one to buy the electric car. Um, what made you decide to do it? What made you decide to go electric, I guess, is my first question. It was really about getting into the carpool lane. It was, it was simply that I, uh, at the time, I, was, uh, I live in uh, Arizona, and, and uh, I work for a large company, and we have multiple locations. There are sometimes I have to drive pretty far from my home. I was driving... Uh, like 40 miles one way, and at that time I had a uh, a uh, Toyota Prius, and it, at back in the day, back in about 2010, you could get what I call it the blue plate. You could get the plate that allowed you to drive in the carpool lane uh, with one person in it. And uh, after the old 1999 Camry bit the dust, I traded that or I hand, handed that car down to my son, and I needed a new car. The rules had changed, and the only way to get into the carpooling was to buy an electric car. Yeah, I remember when I was commuting to Oakland in 2004, back then, if you had a Prius, you could get a sticker to go in the carpool lane, which included free um, bridge tolls. So when, when I was stuck in traffic waiting to cross the bridge, I would do the math in my head what it would pay for a Prius. And the math never quite worked uh, as far as paying for the entire cost of the car saving 250 a day on tolls and of course some gas costs a uh, big chunk of it would be how you value your time of course yeah so my i was commuting back and forth like 80 miles round trip for about four years and i just got used to doing that in the carpooling it was just very nice and i don't do that long commute anymore my commute's about 30 miles round trip today but just mentally i just wanted to be in that carpool lane so Back when the uh, I needed a car for my son, I looked around. At that time, the Nissan Leaf uh, was out, and I ended up buying a, a 2015 Nissan Leaf because that was really the only way in Arizona to get in the carpool lane. Now, you could potentially get in the in the carpool lane with the Toyota plug-in hybrid, but you couldn't really buy those in Arizona. Um, I looked around, really couldn't find a used one to get, so I decided to go with the Leaf. Uh, and bought a 2015 Nissan Leaf, and that gets you right in the carpool lane. It's 
did you recognize any fuel savings? I guess it would be energy savings, but let's assume you do it by dollars over the over the Prius, because the Prius is a pretty darn efficient car. Yeah, I mean, when you're driving that, when you're driving that Prius, the, uh, you're, I was thinking getting somewhere around 50 miles per gallon, especially on the highway, is easy to get that, and the, the Leaf gets approximately the equivalent of 100 miles per gallon, so it's actually cheaper. I'm a kind of nerdy guy, and, and I have my spreadsheet here I'm looking at, and I do track kind of the cost per fuel per mile. The Prius would clock in somewhere around $0.04 cents a mile for gas, and based on electric prices today, I'm paying about $0.02 cents per mile just for electricity for the car. Um, it's not a huge savings because I don't drive a lot, um, but it was just that I was valuing my time, and I can make it back and forth from home perhaps a few a few minutes faster than if I wasn't driving the carpool lane. And it's is uh, it's still going strong. Yeah, yeah. I'll have the car it, this July. Into July, it'll be five years. I've got twenty eight thousand miles on it. So you can see, in general, I don't drive a lot. I think I'm clocking in somewhere between sixty five hundred miles a year to seven thousand, which is way below average. I don't drive it a lot on the weekends. I might take it to Home Depot on a Saturday. And like I said, right now, my job is about 30 miles round trip. So pretty much Monday through Friday, I drive it. And I might take an errand or two on the on the weekend, but that's about it. Um, but it's going strong. And at this point, I have not had any. I'm going to take it in for a 30,000-mile checkup, which I dread what the cost of that's going to be. But at this point, I spent about 8 bucks on a cabin air cabin filter, and that's the only maintenance I've done in that car. Yeah, I was very impressed with how low the maintenance costs are. Many fewer moving parts in an electric car. Yeah, I think it's going to be cheaper. I've I've got a I've got some cost models I put together for the cars I've had and certainly the Prius that I had, that's been the cheapest car I've ever owned just in terms of cost and maintenance. And my model takes a look at what the new price of the car is, what the sale price is projected to be, and then just basically all the maintenance you've plugged into it. The thing about the Leaf and I worry about is how long the battery is going to last. And at this point, uh, if you if you have a Leaf, you have this uh, indicator on the car that shows how many bars of battery quality you have. And there's 12 of those bars, and I just dropped the second bar now. And I noticed, I noticed when I drive home um, on the same commute that it's clocking in maybe a, maybe a percent or two less of battery life at the same point so it seems like i can i can feel and i can see a little battery degradation and that time where you're gonna to have to spring for a new battery is going to be a going to be a really costly day yeah one of the downsides on the maintenance is uh, the regular maintenance includes inspecting the high voltage battery and that kind of thing and running the troubleshoots on it so at the moment there's nobody to do that except the dealer and Dealers are pretty good at coming up with other ways to spend your money on things that don't necessarily need to be done. Yeah, that's what I worry about. So I think at least in that car, what I figured is, I am a, so far listeners, I'm the kind of guy that generally keeps my car at least 10 years. So if I buy a used car, I'll, I will keep the car until it's about at least 10 years old or more, generally sometimes more. Um, if I buy a new car, which I do about half the time, I'll keep the car for 10 years. 
in my model, I, I've got myself buying a battery. I had I have seen, but not priced it. I saw on somebody's website that Nissan was going to offer a refabricated battery for $2,850 versus uh, I think the new battery is like $6,200. So when the time comes, maybe sometime in the future, I'll, I'll think about that. At this point, I think that day may, may be a ways away because I'll generally drive two days without recharging. I won't recharge every night because I don't like to charge my battery until it gets below 50%. So at some point, if the battery degraded more, I could see myself having to charge it every, every night. And then perhaps maybe somewhere around year seven or eight to 10, maybe spring for a new battery if I'm still wanting to keep the car at that point. Yeah, you let me drive your car and I knew you were very happy with it. And, and they are very fun to drive, very zippy. So when my I was driving my dream car in 2015, 2016, which was pretty old at the time. It was a 2002 convertible Porsche 911, and it, it basically self-destructed. So I needed to quickly replace it so I could get to work. And I traded it in on a 2016 Volkswagen e-Golf. And it's hard to do the math on the savings because everything was cheaper at that point. <laughs> My uh, insurance went down by 800 or it's either $800 a year or $800 every uh, six months. So something like that. Uh, my payment went down. I, I got a lease. The payment for the lease was under $200. Um, I got something like $10,000 in tax credits and, uh, what else did I get? Oh, and Volkswagen was really pushing them. Um, they gave me a rebate for trading in a Porsche on it. Uh, and in California, they have a separate electrical rate for the utilities if you have an electric car. So you can do uh, a discounted rate at night. So my electric bill actually went down. So it's hard to calculate the fuel savings. Mm -hmm. Also at my work, we have uh, half a dozen electric chargers that are free for employees to use. So half the time I wasn't paying for the electricity. That's a, that's a really nice perk. I do not have that at, at um, my work. So I do pretty much 99% of my charging at home. I very rarely charge out and about just cause I kind of have my route calculated, but being able to charge at work is just, that's an awesome thing. Yeah. What really struck me was how fun it was to drive the electric car. Um, Volkswagen Golfs are known to be sporty. That's why they sell so many of them. Um, but it's it's a lot better to have a car that goes 87 miles an hour and you're in the carpool lane than a car that can go 130 miles an hour and you're sitting watching Priuses drive by you. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And I just, I you know, I like saving that time. And that car, I would have seriously looked at that car in Arizona if they offered them, but it was only offered in California in the States. As my recollection was not offered in Arizona. There's a lot of cool cars you guys get in California that we just cannot get here. You'd have to wait for someone to bring it over and then resell it used, if you will. There's tons of them available used. Uh, I've already turned my in, in and uh, when I was trading it in, I went to get my stuff out of the car and I my key wouldn't work and somebody was trading in an identical car. <laughs> so there's lots of them out there now unfortunately volkswagen stopped making them uh the last one you could get was 2017 hmm. 
Interesting. I think that, I mean, uh, would you consider something like that for one of your kids? I thought about it. What's nerve wracking about most electric cars is the short range. So range anxiety is a really definitely a thing. And if you're not an organized person, you're going to get stuck. So I had a vision of my 16-year-old son calling me from the middle of the Bay Bridge saying, uh, Dad, can you come help me charge my battery? Yeah, that's a good point because if anybody's out there considering a car, you do have to think ahead. And I've, I've, I've had one situation where I couldn't get where I wanted to go. Um, we ha had a party on one. I live on kind of the southern side of town, and we had a party up on the northern side of town where someone lived, and I could not get to this gentleman's house and back. So what I did is... Um, a uh, worked part of the day at uh, one of my company's locations that actually has electric chargers. So one of the locations in town does, the one I go to doesn't, work there for the day, charged my car, and was able to get back home. That's really the only time I've had a problem. I've almost forgotten to charge the car a couple times. I don't know if you ever did that where it was time to charge it. I forgot to plug it in when I got home and then realized later at 7 or 8 or 9 o'clock and went back out to the garage to, to plug it in, but never had that experience before. Um, well, I can see that if, if you weren't good at planning, that would be a problem getting to work in the morning. I did that once. I forgot to plug my car in when I got to work and uh, left to go to a meeting at lunchtime and realized I didn't have enough juice to get to the meeting. I had to had to borrow a car. Fortunately, our company has uh, two Toyota Priuses, which are still going strong after 10 years. And it just made me a little late going to borrow the keys. Yeah. And, then, and so I think you really have, you have to plan ahead a bit. It's been okay. It's been okay for me. I, I always think about my wife is not real keen on it because she worries about range anxiety uh, like that. And I remember she took the car out once in the first couple of years and She'd asked me if there was enough electricity to go where she needed to go, and I said, yeah, and what I hadn't considered was that would be alone, and she was going out with, I think, three other people in the car, and my my wife tends to be more of a um, lead foot than I am in terms of, like, every every time, it's, let's see how fast I can accelerate, so she was driving the car, and she got about five miles from home, and the light's beeping at her. She ended up stopping off at the dealership that has one of those quick charge ports, the 500-volt charging ports at, at Nissan to put some extra juice in it. And then since that day, she hasn't really ever asked to drive the car at all at that point because it makes her too nervous. Yeah, when we had in the family two electric cars, we also had a third vehicle, a regular ICE SUV which was good for when you needed more passengers and it was all-wheel drive, but there were occasionally times when I needed to drive that. Uh, um, one of my coworkers recently acquired a Tesla Model 3, and he hadn't yet... He hadn't yet got to putting a charging station in at his house, and so he left his home down near Santa Cruz to drive to our office in San Jose, and it said he had 35 miles of range. It was only 27 miles, so he took off. If you've ever done that drive up Route 17, it's very steep. Mm. It was cold that day, and so it crapped out on him on the uphill climb. And Tesla will come pick you up on a flatbed and take you somewhere to get you a charge, but it's not fun. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice feature to have. I always think to myself, what's the worst possible thing? I'm just going to call Uber. They're going to come pick me up, and I'll have the car towed by to 
you know, the dealership to charge or someplace to charge. Yeah. So if you're thinking about buying one of the less expensive cars with the shorter range and not a plug-in hybrid, you should have in your family available some kind of regular car. You're not going to be, I don't think it's going to be convenient to drive to the mountains to go skiing or from the West Coast to the East Coast to visit grandma and grandpa. Oh, yeah, that's a good point because in my family, we have another car. So the worst case scenario is I would come home and don't have enough range to go somewhere. We jump in my wife's car or, or borrow one of the kids' cars. So I think definitely it is uh, – if you have an extra vehicle, it's good to have that because I'm not going to drive my car to go to California. It's just not practical. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but at some point I had to switch cars with my wife and she drove the Volkswagen for the first time after I'd had it for several months. Uh, she's not a big fan of smallish cars and she was very surprised at how, how zippy it feels and how comfortable it is. And she became enamored of electric cars. And the way I tell the story is she said, oh, I want a car just like this, except three times more expensive. <laughs> And we ended up with a Model S, a 2016, what is it called? The 60. Hmm. Which is a fabulous car, right? One of the nicest cars on the road by most people's accounts. It is a fabulous car. And it's hard to say this about a car that's expensive, but that one was a, was a bargain. Uh, at the time, They it was the base model, and but it had the same batteries as the next model up, the 75. And it had all eight cameras. Uh, she has a long commute that uh, she really doesn't like, so she was very excited about the the self-driving aspects of it. You can't see my finger quotes on the podcast, but um, basically it's got um, lane-keeping assistance and um, uh, the smart, um, what do you call it, cruise control, adaptive cruise control. They give it a fancier name that oversold some people, but it works pretty well. It's a good way to not kill yourself when you drive a lot yeah i can see the i can see the value of that those kind of features it just would just be um fabulous to have especially on a, on a long drive uh where it takes such concentration i noticed in my car uh the volkswagen it did not have cruise control it wasn't available as an option even it, do you have that on the on the leaf yeah, I have cruise control, and a lot of times, even the carpooling, I'll set it on cruise just to maintain the speed, and just I'll use the buttons to go up or down based on traffic. Um, if the traffic is light, you can, obviously can't do that in heavy traffic, but um, often if the traffic is, is lighter, I'll set the cruise. I, I got to tell you, my new vehicle has adaptive cruise control, so it'll stay X number of car lengths or seconds away from the car behind you, and I would not buy another car without it. I think it's going to save thousands of lives a year because it's going to break the it's going to break for the car in front of you right if you're not paying attention fully right yes and it's on every honda accord made now at, with one exception the uh, uh accord sport with the manual transmission but it's available on every honda civic hmm. i did not know that that's that's good to know that would be a nice feature my car doesn't have it, it has the cruise control i really like my car it's it's um you know, I call it appliance and wheels. My Prius was an appliance and wheels, but I do like, it has a lot of torque for the size of car it is, not a whole lot of power. So once you're going 
about 35 or 40. There's not a huge amount of power, but it's plenty of power. It's no worse than, say, my 92 Previa van was or my 86 Accord. Um, so there's plenty of power on the highway. But just to get up and go from the stoplight is really cool with electric, all the torque that's available from electric motor. So I, I do miss that when I'm driving other um, you know, ICE cars. I maintain that they're the perfect cars for driving fastest in the right word, quickly in the city and in the suburbs because they're quick away from stoplights. Mine was speed limited at 87 miles an hour, but you rarely get to drive faster than that. And if you do, you're liable to get arrested. Um, and because it's so quiet, you're not reluctant to put the pedal to the floor. Uh, there's no drama involved. It just goes from stopped to go very quickly. So you can beat Corvettes and it's fancy Mercedes away from the line. They come blowing past you a little later, but you're already at the it, speed limit, so what do you care? Yeah, it is amazing how fast it does pull and people don't realize that you can be a lot of fancy cars off the lot. That is kind of funny. I And I do like the quietness of it. So I notice, I notice it too, um, just how quiet it is compared to getting into other cars. And I, I really like the quietness of it. And the third thing I like is, you know, it drives like a front wheel drive car. So those of you who are into cars, um, you know, know what I'm talking about, but the center of gravity is so much lower because you have the heavy battery and it drives to me a lot nicer than other front wheel drive cars. Cause the center of gravity is a few inches lower because of the heavy battery pack underneath. Yeah. Yeah. They drive nicely. Mine, I think in part because of the low rolling resistance tires and all the torque would spin the wheels a lot, which made me a little nervous that in a, in a wet condition, I wouldn't have the control I wanted. And I thought about upgrading the, the tires, uh, but when you only have 80 miles of range, you hate to cut that for any reason. Yeah, that, that's true. So based on your experience, would you, do, would you buy another electric car? Absolutely. I ended up training in the Volkswagen on a BMW 530e, which is a, is a wonderful car. Um, but the most wonderful thing about it is the red stickers I can get so I can drive by myself in the carpool lane. That's, that's the thing for me. And I think for sure I'd get another electric car. I'm going to, like I was telling, um, saying before, I tend to keep my cars a long time. I'm planning to keep this car. So barring any crazy battery issue where it's going to cost more than the car's worth, I'll probably keep it 10, 10 years. And at that time, probably consider getting an electric car. I just, I like the quietness. I like the pickup, the torque off the line and, and the operating costs so far have been really fabulous. My dream car right now would be the same five series BMW I have, but with the Tesla batteries in it. It's 100% electric. I think that would be a, a wonderful vehicle. The Teslas are nice, but they haven't built cars for 100 years like the Germans have. True. Yeah, I would. Ultimately, I'd like a car that had longer range. But now, for me, I look at the value of the range is tied to the price of the car, and it's the price of the batteries driving it. And I'm not sure I'm prepared to spend that much money for the extra range. But the price could come down. That ideally, I'd want to have more range for sure. But in my I figured out how to make 85 miles work for me and just kind of live my life around that. And I can always borrow the wife's car if I need to. Yeah, I put together a spreadsheet of every car that was eligible for the, the HOV sticker. HOV is high occupancy vehicle. 
um, it's six months out of date now, but I will try and figure out how to put that in the show notes uh, so our California listeners can look at it. There's some really nice cars that, for whatever reason, as plug-in hybrids, qualify for the sticker. Yeah, definitely. When I bought the Leaf, I was looking at the Prius plug-in. You just couldn't buy them new in Arizona. Now, you see them used now, but at the time, I had searched the whole Arizona area where I live and, and, and couldn't find one because ideally I probably would have gotten that just because from a practical perspective it's a more practical car I can drive it to San Diego I can drive it to LA where I can't really drive my leaf um, from a practical perspective there just can't afford to take days and days and days to get there uh, we're recording this podcast early February 2019 and all the HOV stickers that were green for plug-in hybrids and white for all electric cars in California expired January 1st. So I would bet there's a glut of used California cars out there that are driving the price down. And, and that's a good point. If, if our listeners are interested in buying an electric car, you can pick up a smoking deal on a used electric car. I see lots of Leafs that are 10 grand. I've seen some under, under 10 grand. Um, and if you just want a little commuter car to zip around in and try it out, I can't imagine that it's going to depreciate much more, much faster than, than they already have at this point. Um, but you could pick up a really nice car just to give give it a try and see what you think. And if you work out of your house, they are they're just great. I don't know if you have this experience, but my dad and my granddad drilled into my head: don't start the car unless you're going to let it warm up. It's oils. The oil's going to poison it. You're going to kill the engine. And that's not an issue with an electric car. It's like having a little go-kart to drive half a mile to the grocery store and back. You don't feel guilty about it. Yeah, it would be that would be a perfect car for someone who worked from home where, you know, where their errands are pretty close. Like where I live, if I work from home, I can pretty much get whatever I need within five miles of here. And it would be it would be a perfect situation for someone like that or someone who was retired or maybe a student who was just staying in the near in the near area but needed a car every once in a while to go out run some errands go shopping well dave we're near our target time for how long we want the cast to be so we should probably wrap it up we could do another episode looking at electric cars there's a lot to talk about with those there, there sure is and we just kind of scratched the surface today but i think the overall takeaway is for both of us it's been a really positive experience and and i'm still driving one you have one in the family and we would buy it again and do it again absolutely all right dave i will talk to you soon and um we'll get this up in our listeners feeds very shortly all right take care everybody